the South of the Six podcast, bringing you the latest on your favorite Toronto sports teams from south of the Canadian border. Here's your host, Adam Corsair. All right, so it looks like it's finally happening. The return of the NBA season is underway. Welcome to the South of the Six podcast. We are part of the stadium scene.tv network and part of the Overtime Media crew. I'm sure all of you all are all caught up when it comes to the news that the NBA season might be resuming and they're well on their way to making plans to do so, but this is pretty big news and I can't say that I'm surprised. I I think we all saw this coming, but the speed in which that this is undergoing is pretty remarkable and we're going to break it all down for you tonight this is going to be a solo podcast this evening because well this is sort of breaking news there's a lot to unpack there's a lot to uncover i had to pretty much spend the entire day trying to sort through all the information because it was coming at us a mile a minute and i think i got it taken care of so we're going to break this down for you we're going to break down how the nba is approaching this where this is as of right now going to happen how they're going to bubble it off what precautions they're going to take in terms of testing in terms of making sure that the players personnel television crew medical staff all of the above are safe and they can resume the nba season how they're going to resume the nba season where they're going to go jump right into the regular season again go into the playoffs or sort of an expanded playoff idea we're going to break it all down there's a whole lot to uncover it's pretty crazy right it's crazy that it was about a month and a half ago that the season just came to an abrupt halt right there was a sudden stop because of the virus on march 12th i think it was and it's you know two and a half months later it feels like it's been an eternity um i have been vocal on the show saying that i'm not sure how they're going to be able to do this properly i don't know that that's necessarily a good idea um i have received some you know messages and whatnot about me being sort of a pessimist when it comes to the return of the nba season i sort of feel like i have to um, be a little clear when it comes to that. Um, I want sports to return. I 100% would love for the monotony and the repetitiveness of day-to-day life right now to have some sort of break in routine, right? It's Groundhog's Day every day. Um, I would like to have that sort of entertainment valve to be unleashed and to you know enjoy sports again like it, these times have certainly made me realize how important sports is for people's i don't know maybe this is a little hyperbolic but a little i don't know for people's mental health like i think people need that sort of break from reality break from the like i said the monotony of their day-to-day lives whether it's independent pandemic or not um, especially during a pandemic when you need that sort of escape valve that release hatch Um, and sports certainly provides that for you so hopefully if they're able to do this responsibly I'm all for it like in a perfect world I think that if they're able to make sure that the players are well isolated from the general public um, there's testing available without having it being sacrificed for those that need it more i.e frontline workers i'm for it 
Like, let, let's get this going. I don't care where it's held. I don't care how it's done. Give it back, right? Just, <laughs> I want sports back. But above and beyond, I want people to stay healthy and I want these frontline workers to have testing available to them. So if the athletes are prioritized in that sense, I think we have a problem. But that's all going to be, you know, unpacked here on this show. That's all going to be part of all of this so we can get underway. But before we do, I'd be remiss if I didn't get some house cleaning out of the way. You guys know the deal. This is part of the process. So in this episode is absolutely no different. So if you're listening to this for the first time, thank you so much. If you fell on this uh, accidentally, arbitrarily, or you've been, you know, flirting with the idea of listening to the South Six podcast for the first time, I welcome you and I thank you for your listenership. Um, we're on all the major podcast platforms. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast fixed from. Pocket Cast. I know that's a big one still. Um, we're there. We're there, ready for you, available for you. All you got to do is subscribe. And I'd appreciate it if you would. Um, so if you can hit that subscribe button, sit back, relax. We do Toronto Raptors coverage on a weekly basis, especially during the season. I usually have a guest with me every week, a new guest every week um a different guest but uh you know now with the breaking news today about the resumption of the season i sort of had to jump on this quickly um so if you can hit the subscribe button i'd appreciate it and also if you're listening to us on apple podcast do us a huge favor leave us a five-star review it helps us out a lot really like the way the podcast sphere analytics are done is that like it's based on subscription downloads and and ratings and review. We do this for free, right? We, we love talking Toronto Raptors and NBA basketball with you guys. And I would do it for nothing all the time. doesn't matter if you leave a review or not. I'm still going to do it. But if you could leave a review, do me a solid. I would greatly appreciate it. Five stars would be fantastic. Just take five seconds out of your day. Smash a star all the way to the right. Just smash it. Forget about it. Move on with your day. I'd appreciate it. We're going to break down the entire like catalog of what they plan on doing in terms of bringing about the return of the season. Don't go anywhere. We will be right back after this break, and I promise you I'll try to unpack it as best as possible. Hang tight. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. All right, let's get this going. Let's break this down as best as possible. Like I said in the jump of the show, there's a lot to unpack. Like there's a lot of different variables that we have to explore. There's a lot of different things that need to be examined in order to get a pretty decent understanding as to how the NBA is going to try to tread, I guess you could say, these uh, dangerous waters. So um, before today, the rumor was that the two prime locations for their resumption of the NBA season were going to be Las Vegas and Disney. Um, time and time again, you heard that Disney uh, in Florida was... Go- I don't know if that's Disneyland or Disney World. I'm not a Disney guy, so my apologies to those that are. Um, I just don't care for it. But um, 
the the overwhelming consensus was that Disney was the leader in terms of a bid for the return of the NBA season. Now, I don't know the status of the parks opening up in terms of rides, the the entirety of Disney or Universal or what have you. I don't know the status of that. I assume that where the players are going to be, should this be held in Disney, they're going to be well isolated and pretty much uh, quarantined, for lack of a better way to put it, from the general public. In other words, they're not going to be able to walk amongst the, the amusement park section. This might be isolated to a different part. But from what I'm understanding right now is that Disney World in Florida... I think it's Disney World, like I said. Disney World in Florida is going to be, as of today, Saturday evening, the only place that the NBA season would resume. In other words, this is going to be the sole location for the resumption of the NBA season. Las Vegas, I think, is losing that bet or bid in that nature. So I think the NBA is leaning towards one central hub. Um that being said, um, it appears that it, that's where this is going. It appears that Disney World is going to be the place that the NBA season is going to resume. Um, it's the ESPN Wide World of Sports Complex. It's a massive 255-acre campus with multiple arenas. So this is important because you can have different games, different practices, different workout things simultaneously. You don't have to wait for one gym, one arena to be open for X amount of teams. Even if it's more than two teams, that kind of creates a clusterfuck in terms of how they're going to operate this. So um, it seems like that is where it's going to be held in that area the espn worldwide wide world of sports complex um disney world is also it's got a huge 40 square mile plot of private land um it's got about twenty-four thousand hotel rooms to house the players and coaches as well as other team and event staff so that being said it's not that bad of an idea right i, I don't know that you could do this in vegas because Again, I've never been in Vegas, so I don't know what type of isolation they have in terms of hotels and arena and stuff. But with Disney, you have this huge uh, sports complex with multiple gyms, multiple basketball gyms. So this is a little bit more accommodating. This can sort of get the ball rolling and have different playoff games pretty much be played at the same time. Or if they go with the regular season format, we're going to get to that in a bit. But if they go with the regular season format... That is definitely something they can do like simultaneously, right? Just like games now. There are multiple games. Well, not now, but pre-pandemic before, um, obviously, multiple games were on at, you know, depending on where you live in the evening. So this would be no different, especially if they went with the regular season resuming. So this seems to be where they're heading. Um, obviously, with ESPN and the NBA, there is uh, an obvious thread of a relationship there. So I'm not saying they illegitimately won the bid, but there could have been a preference towards having it with the place where the broadcast partners would be exclusively, right? So it's probably not that big of a deal for ESPN to broadcast games when they're at their, for lack of a better way to put it, their own headquarters. Right, they don't really have much relocation to undergo. They're already there, 
that makes it a little bit easier for the games to be broadcast. It mitigates the risk of the the virus being spread. It mitigates the risks of, you know, outside contamination coming in, travel restrictions. It's just, it's easier if everything is in one hub. Um, we've heard this as being like, they're trying to make it a bubble. Um, again, if if we're going to get to the testing and all that in a bit, but if they can truly isolate, and I hate using that word because it makes it, seem like you know they're being segregated in a way i don't mean that at all but if they can isolate the players from the general public this may work right this may be the best case scenario and i think that when you have someone as diligent as adam silver i think he's pretty much found the absolute best case scenario and the advantage that a league like the NBA has over say like an NFL even though that's down the line or an MLB or even an NHL is that well maybe not NHL but especially MLB it's really hard to have different baseball fields in one given location right that's that's not easy to do whereas different basketball arenas even if it's like five that's not that hard like it's not as hard as a baseball field Right, because you're not building a baseball field assuming there's no fans, right? And so the, the, each baseball field is sort of unique in that way. Whereas an NBA arena, yeah, they have their own little unique touches, but the standard of what needs to be included in terms of crowds being there, even though they won't be there for this, um, is sort of uniform. Um, so that's pretty cool, right? It, the NBA would have exclusivity at. Walt Disney World um it, it it just makes sense it makes sense to have the the broadcast crew already there have these hotel rooms available like i said it, it would house up to what was it 24,000 hotel rooms that's that's big and in this way players can theoretically have their family members there or their family members can sort of stay at different hotel rooms if they choose to. I don't know. I don't, I don't know the details. I would assume that these hotel rooms aren't like luxury hotel rooms. They're not like lofts or anything. I'm sure some of them include like single bed hotel rooms, something for the average man. Um, and it may be good enough for NBA players. At this point, they probably don't really give a shit where they're staying. They probably just care about getting the season underway. Um, so maybe like some sort of upscale hotel is kind of out of the question but that's who cares who cares at that point i it, that's not even something that i'm really paying attention to so um if so if the rumors are true it seems that it will be held exclusively at disney world exclusively at the espn wide world of sports complex it's a 200 again 255 acre campus multiple arenas i don't have the exact number of arenas but multiple to me would imply more than two um this way you can have the different games broadcast at the same time you have a huge private plot of land that serves twenty four thousand hotel rooms and the broadcast partner is already there all of that makes sense to me it, it makes total sense. Um, there's an article I'm reading, according to Sam Amick of The Athletic, Amick, Amick, I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing that, uh, quote, the NBA is slated to lose about $900 million in television revenue should this not happen, right? That's, that's a lot of money. Think about the ramifications for the salary cap. Think about the ramifications for each team in their pursuit of free agents. 
during that huge 2021 class, this would have huge ramifications. So I understand the desire and drive to get this season underway. I understand that, of course, player safety, just human safety is a priority and it should be. And I don't think that this is lost on Adam Silver. However, as I've said multiple times, this is a business. Business needs to continue and businesses need to make money. And unlike something within the general public, this is sort of isolated. Whereas, you know, you you look at the arguments to open stores up or businesses up in the general public, that's sort of like a huge risk in my opinion because Anybody from anywhere can be bringing in anything undetected, right? Whereas if you isolate a group of people, however large it might be, and say you are not allowed to leave this area no matter what, um, that's a little bit easier to contain, especially if they all pass a test coming in, right? If, If every individual passes a test coming into this complex, right? Personnel, players, coaching staff, medical staff, television crews, all of them, if they all pass the test, they're all tested negative when it comes to the coronavirus, go into this complex, go into this, you know, campus. Um, After that, if they are truly abiding by the rules and being isolated, not leaving the campus, staying within the bubble, it's kind of hard to think how the virus would slip in. Obviously, the chances are relatively high. I mean, I, I don't know the nature of this virus. I don't know how, you know, sneaky, for lack of a better way to put it, how stealth it can be when it comes to, like, finding its way into things. Tends to, right? We've seen it in, in many cases throughout the world that it tends to just show up um, in these, you know, unforeseen circumstances. But if they're able to isolate and have testing available, I, I just don't see how this could fail. I, I I don't, and I hope it doesn't. I hope they're taking every proper precaution when it comes to testing and when it comes to the health and well-being of their players and personnel. But this is huge. This is, I think, a, a pretty good idea when it comes to the location. I don't think, I know Vegas for West Coast, Disney for East Coast was floated out there. Don't necessarily think that's a good idea. I don't think that the whole travel arrangements when it would come down to it for an NBA Finals would be advantageous, would be smart, and it's not really the best of PR moves to have people uh, fly um, multiple times, right? It's probably just easier for them to be in one central location, fly once, get there, boom, done, get it out of the way. Um, We'll see. Um, So when it comes to location, simply put, Disney World is head honcho. It looks like that's where it's going to be, period, end of story. ESPN Wide World of Sports Complex. Uh, Pretty cool. I I like it. But we should move on to testing. Now, when it comes to testing, um, this is where it gets muddy. Um, Also, I should note, I should note that they they do plan on resuming the season in July. There's going to be like a, or sorry, they're going to resume play, official play in July. I'll get to whether or not postseason, regular season, I'll get to that in a minute. But you will see live games that count starting in July. June, they'll have like training and uh, maybe some scrimmages or whatnot. But June's like a mini, I don't know, summer league or preseason or what have you. Um, if they do decide to go through the, with this in uh, July, 
there's there's two issues testing and like i said making sure the bubble isn't popped making sure no one breaks out of the bubble i've said this many times yes we look at these nba players as if they're juggernauts we look at them as if they're demigods a lot of them are still kids right and i don't mean any disrespect i just i know how i was when i was like 23 24 i mean i wasn't well i'm not well disciplined now i don't know that i'd be well disciplined when i was 24 so maybe you know the severity of things offer a different perspective for people at that age group i certainly hope so but i do think it's fair to be like i don't know man are these guys gonna want to break out like are they cool with it i i mean i would assume that they are i I, i'm going to give them and everyone the benefit of the doubt but you know, when it comes to whether or not they're going to have the itch to to leave, I would assume it's pretty well. I hate to use this term, guarded or regulated. I don't. I don't know how they're going to enforce it necessarily. Um, it, it's kind of like when you, you, you're a kid, you're at summer camp, like overnight summer camp, and you can't wander around the campground or whatever the because you know there's, I don't know what are they called the the head honchos the the people that watch your children uh making sure no one's fucking around like there's got to be some sort of enforcement for lack of a better way to put it to make sure people are breaking the rules to make sure that people are staying within the bubble it's going to be difficult but i don't necessarily think that when it comes to testing that come july there's going to be daily testing available. Um, maybe it will be. Maybe by July, because that's like, if you think about it, like I just said, it's been two and a half months since the NBA season was put on pause. It seems like a lifetime ago. Two and a half months from now, or a month and a half from now, is July, right? So like anything could happen in terms of uh, breakthroughs and testing, or in terms of how quickly testing can be provided in terms of a result people much smarter than i am are developing these technologies and for me it wouldn't surprise me if something like that is available um so adam silver is banking on that he's banking on daily testing without having it be sacrificed to people working on the front lines and i also think he's sort of banking on at that point the curve to be on the lower end like the opposite side of the bell in terms of a of a nationwide in the united states um instance right so like on average he i'm assuming expecting the lower end of the bell curve instead of it steeping up it's sort of downhill um so there's they're hoping daily testing he doesn't necessarily expect stoppage in play should someone test positive um he would expect that person to go into self-isolation but as we have seen with this virus and the nature of it that's going to be difficult that's going to be very difficult to sort of sell because you have to then do contract tracing with all the individuals that player has interacted with which is presumably the entire team it's worst case scenario if they're bunking together there's another individual in that room that you have to sort of quarantine and if that person 
was interacting with other people, presumably the team, presumably the coaching staff, presumably the medical staff, that's when things are going to get risky. And so daily testing at that point is going to be critical for this to be a success, whether it be resuming the regular season or going to the postseason. It has to happen. And that is sort of the conundrum. You have to have daily testing for these athletes in order for this to be a success, but also make sure you're not taking it away from frontline workers. Now, when it comes to people like me or just me, like if citizens like myself were like, yo, you're offered daily testing, I would be like, just give it to the athletes. Like, I don't care. Like, that's me. I, I want my personal test if it was provided to me to be given to the athletes because like fuck i don't give a fuck about me but when it comes to frontline workers in no way should an athlete have that testing available over a frontline worker and no way should an athlete be prioritized over a doctor or a nurse or those working on the front lines even grocery store workers hell no no we rely on these people farmers butchers people working in factory farms like people that are vital to our sort of well-being you know like these individuals need it more than athletes and i know we keep talking about how much we want our sports back but goddamn, man like i i want to live before i want to watch sports that's the only way i can watch sports so um that needs to happen um and so adam silver is not blind to this and the NBA has reportedly been front of the mind when it comes to silver and any return to play plans when it comes to the public supplies of test. Um, they've apparently, according to the ringers, Kevin O'Connor, the NBA has begun research into group testing. Um, it's a procedure that could see many more get tested with fewer tests needed. I don't really understand it. I can, I'll look, this is O'Connor's explanation as to quote unquote group testing. Um, several samples from multiple individuals are taken and quote unquote grouped together into the same lab test. This could be done randomly or by mixing samples from members on the same team. So between five to 20 samples are usually mixed into the same test, which reduces reduces the number of tests needed saving time money and resources i get that if the test is positive those people samples would be separately retested to locate which individual samples are responsible for the positive tests in the group so from my understanding if they do like they say between 5 to 20 samples so let's just go on the high note for 20 um 20 different individuals i don't know how they dna is tested um and they put it all in the same test. I, I would assume this means they don't offer the entire sample of whatever it is, being it saliva or whatever. Um, they don't give the entire sample because if they do, then they these those 20 can't necessarily be retested with the same sample. So um, they probably group a portion of each 20 into one test, Best case scenario, they're all negative. You've only used one test for 20 people. The problem is if there's a negative, then you have to use 20 tests for 20 individuals to find out. Worst case, 20 tests for 20 individuals to find out. If you go one by one, like the best case scenario is that the first one, you find the negative and then you don't have to test the remaining 19. But at that point, you're using multiple tests. Um, it's a good idea in practice. It's a good idea in theory. I just don't know how... I don't know, reliable this test is, this group testing. Um, it's sort of 
peculiar to me, but again, people much smarter than I am are developing these technologies. So I'm going to take their word for it. Um, it. It's what gets to me is that if a player is tested positive, that's not going to stop playing. Um, but check this out. So the example that's on everybody's mind, let, let's use a Toronto Raptors example. Actually, I think that any Toronto Raptors example is a bad one, but and I'll tell you why. But for the sake of argument, let's use it. Let's say that it goes into the Eastern Conference Finals as Toronto Raptors versus Milwaukee Bucks. Um, let's say that Kyle Lowry is tested positive and the team is going to continue to play. I say that this is a bad example for the Toronto Raptors because the Toronto Raptors, because of Nick Nurse, has proven that it doesn't matter who goes down, they're still very good. Um, but if, say, the Milwaukee Bucks, the, uh, Giannis goes down, that's huge. That is huge, and that won't stop play, so the Bucks are then going to have to continue to play without Giannis. Okay? If you thought the Raptors got an asterisk before for their championship run, what happens if the Raptors face the Bucks and Giannis gets tested positive and he's out for two weeks and the Raptors beat, presumably, beat the Bucks? Like, is that legitimate? Like, to me, yes, because everybody's playing with the same risk, but we're going to have to deal with that Raptor slander all over again. And it's going to be one of those things where, like, well, you wouldn't have beaten them without Giannis. It seems like when you toss in other teams, too, it gets kind of peculiar. Again, Western Conference Finals. finals. Let's say it's Clippers-Lakers. And let's say LeBron gets tested positive, right? And the Clippers win. There's, a, I think, kind of an argument that, A, this isn't really that fun to watch anymore because the presumption is the Clippers are going to win. But it's a legitimate conversation to say that, well, anything could have happened if LeBron was playing. Like that, that could have gone the full seven. And in this instance, maybe the Clippers won in five. So it, it does speak to legitimacy, but I get the reason why you don't want to stop, especially if you just started. Um, and again, that's kind of the court of public opinion. It doesn't really matter at that point. I think the NBA is just worried about getting the games underway so they don't lose that 900 million in revenue, television revenue. I don't think they really care about the legitimacy of the champion at this point um so the it's just food for thought like it, testing is critical um but i do think that this isn't an absolute rule when it comes to whether or not there will be a pause if a player is tested positive um it, it's going to be peculiar it's going to be interesting to see but as of right now in theory in practice i like it in theory and in practice, I like the idea. I like the investigative process that they've been undergoing when it comes to how they can resume the se- this season or you know whatever responsibly. It makes a lot of sense, and I'm cool with it. So if this is the road that they're going to go down, count me in. Hopefully, everybody stays safe. Hopefully, there are, are testing available to the players in a responsible way that doesn't remove the quantity for those working on the front lines. If all of that is underway, if all of that's been sorted out, fine. That's fine with me. Um, but for now, I'm going to take a break right here, and we're going to talk about how this impacts the Raptors, because specifically them, there is sort of a, of a huge impact for, that, for them in general, 
Aaron, we're going to talk about the NBA's plan as to how they're going to resume the season. Hang tight. Don't go anywhere. We will be right back. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. All right, so before we get into how this is going to directly impact the Toronto Raptors, because, you know, if you're living in Canada, this is directly impacting the Toronto Raptors in terms of the location. Um, I want to talk about how the NBA plans on resuming the season, what they plan to do in terms of resuming it just straight up where they left off, going into the playoffs right away, or sort of an expansion of the playoff model. Um, According to Shams, and this is a direct quote, the NBA is weighing, quote, a lot of bad options. So that's a direct quote. So and none of these are good ones. I think maybe one is better than the other two, but we can talk about it in a bit. So let's just label them for now. Um, Obviously, the first one is sort of clear, just picking up where they left off. So the season stopped March 12th. They would just pick up with all 30 teams and then head into the playoffs. Business as usual. Um, give those teams fighting for a playoff spot a chance to make that postseason, maybe make a little bit of extra, I don't know, revenue in terms of maybe merchandise. But um, yeah, that's, that's on the table, of course. I don't necessarily like that. Um, that sort of... I don't know, makes the the chance of individuals getting infected stronger, right? When you have more games and more time in a place, the chances of individuals becoming infected grows, right? Substantially, I would think. So I, for me, less is better when it comes to this, even though I want to see the NBA resume. I don't necessarily think resuming the regular season is a priority so that to me is not the greatest of ideas but we can break that down more in a bit uh the second is going directly into the playoffs so as it's seeded right now uh west and east one to eight go right into the playoffs as we normally would as it would just be a fit a five game um i don't think it would be five i think it would just be seven 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 um i haven't heard anything about uh shortening but it would be a a, just a regular playoffs it would be uh just as we know it so right now it would be the toronto raptors facing the brooklyn nets cool i'm cool with it i we can talk some other time about whether or not Kyrie and uh kd are going to play but regardless that's who the toronto raptors would face i think that's sort of serendipitous i think that makes a lot of sense i'm for it sign me up so uh, this going directly into the playoff is where I lean. I think this option is better than picking up where the regular season left off. Personally, um, I don't necessarily think that this is going to heighten the risk of reinfection because, again, a season, sorry, a series could be over in four, right? So uh, the chances of this being shortened are a little bit higher, whereas a regular season, it's regimented. You have to show up for these games um so to me there's a little bit of more of a leeway there's a safety measure when it comes to going directly into the playoffs um so this is where i lead so the third option which i'm sort of struggling to understand i'll try to break it down maybe better um it's called the playoff plus it would give more teams a chance to compete for a final playoff seed which weird to me that's just kind of no different than the regular season um 
I don't know. It's it's worth clarifying. So it seems like this could be one that I think I think this is where they're going to lead. I think this is where the NBA is going to go because it just seems like the format is a little bit more attractive to the NBA and it would not limit the teams as much as a regular playoff. So it's not that every team would come. It would be like 18 to 24 teams would come to this hub in Disney to compete. So I, I look, the Raptors are locked in. The, the Bucks, Raptors, and Celtics are locked in. They're not going anywhere. I'd imagine the fourth, fifth seed aren't really going anywhere, but I, I would assume that this would, I don't know, be extended a little bit more in total. So maybe like 12 teams, the top 12, instead of the obviously all 30, would be eligible for this, or maybe the top 10. I, I don't know. that. To me, this is where it gets a little iffy. Um, but like I said, it does isolate it a little bit better. So instead of having all 30 teams come down like you would for a regular season, you're having like eight, nine, 10 to 12 teams come down, which greatly reduces the risk, greatly reduces the amount of human contact you theoretically have. So this is, I think where they're leaning to me, if they're going to go that direction, though, if they're worried about the number of teams, just go right to the playoffs, right? At that point, you only have 16 total. And maybe that is too much, but 16 total isn't bad. Like, let's just go with the full boat. Um, but I think the reason why they want to do this is sort of satisfy those that have that competitive itch. Um, say your team is a nine seed and they're just on the cusp for an eight seed, but the, you don't really want the regular season to resume. You sort of feel gypped, right? You sort of feel like, well, we had a shot. We could have done it. We could have edged our way in should um, the regular season had resumed. And if we found ourselves in, who knows what could have happened, right? Who knows, again, if, say, I don't know, if... If one of the ninth seeds right now found their way into the playoff spot, right, and they faced the Bucks round one, right? So say the Wizards found their way in. It's doubtful, but say they found their way in over Orlando, and then they faced Milwaukee round one. And game one of round one, Giannis got infected. There's a good possibility that the Wizards, I don't think they would, but there's a possibility their chances are way better that they could have won that series. So, like, it's kind of like you never know what could happen. You never know the possibilities if you got in there. Um, So I think this is where the NBA is leaning because they don't want to necessarily remove that competitive spirit to those that theoretically have a shot at making it. Um yeah, I, I I just think this is this is the idea behind it. I think this is where they're heading. So to me, sure. <laughs> Again, I, I don't see the need for the regular season to resume. So if this is the happy medium, if this is the middle ground that they want to do, like remove the teams that obviously don't have a shot at the playoffs, like they're sort of just tanking at this point, looking at you, you 
the Knicks and Golden State. Um, you know, at that point, like, why play? Obviously, you love it, but why take the risk? Why? It, it makes no sense. Like, at this point, let's just go for the competitiveness. And if that means having some sort of short and regular season with teams that quote-unquote matter, um, sure, let's do it. Let, let's let's get into it. I, I like it. Again, how they're going to do this in terms of who would face who, how much they're expanding this, I don't know. Maybe they're, they'll implement some sort of wild card thing. I don't know. I... I, I your guess is as good as mine. If if you do know, feel free to hit me up on Twitter. Let me know, and we can you know have a conversation about it. But to me, this is where I think they're heading. If they're going to resume anything, it's going to be the playoff plus model. And sure, like I don't not necessarily fully encouraged by the optics of it, but at the same time, fuck it, whatever. Like bring it on. Give me some 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 good news when it comes to live sports, and we all need basketball. So. Um, I want to get into how this is, though, affecting the Raptors specifically. So right now you have, you know, Toronto that's very, very rigorous and robust with their, um, you know, procedures as, as to how to contain this virus, right? So um, right now their policy in terms of who can be working out at the OBO center is very strict. From my understanding, it's one player at a time. Uh, the NBA, as of, my, again, my understanding, they're allowing all teams to have a max of four, but it's under your discretion if you want to do less. The Toronto Raptors are doing less. They're doing four. So, I, th- I mean, sorry, they're doing one. I think the the request is for the Raptors and other teams that are, you know, in areas that are pretty strict and robust with their procedures as to how they're reopening their local governments and whatnot, um, to have them go to Orlando, like, very soon, almost immediately, so they can start training. Um, They'd be already on the campus. They'd be already there. They'd be able to utilize those, um, one of the, the basketball arenas that, I talked about the jump of the show um, right away and not be necessarily delegated to having one to four tops people in a training facility at once. Once they're in that bubble and they don't remove themselves from their that bubble, theoretically, they're safe. If that's the case, sure. Like, they should be able to go to Orlando right away. The problem is the optics of flying. The problem is the optics of, of travel. But I think with these circumstances i think people would definitely understand maybe i mean you have some fucking crazy people out there but i think this would work i think the nba wouldn't necessarily discourage the raptors or say to them no you're you're bound to this one player at a time policy because of you know the the circumstances of where you play I, i don't i don't see that happening i think they want to make this as fair and balanced as possible so um yeah, I think that this is what we're going to be dealing with especially as Toronto Raptors fans, right? Toronto Raptors fans will, you know, in true Toronto Raptors fans fashion if there's a chance that uh the Orlando Magic supersede the Brooklyn Nets, which again I don't see happening, but they're only a game and a half behind. 
and the Magic face the Raptors game in the first round of the series, well, then there you go. Orlando <laughs> Magic have home court advantage throughout that entire series, and we'll be calling conspiracy. I, I kid, of course. But um, I think that's notable, right, that the Raptors will have to go to Orlando early, which maybe gives them a little bit of an advantage, right? Not necessarily, but they don't have to deal with gathering up the troops and traveling to Orlando, I don't know, during the the last minute. In other words, like if everyone's due there June 1st, say, maybe the Raptors can get a head start and be like, yo, we can go there this week, right? And they can unwind, get their arrangements ready, get their family arrangements ready, settle in, get into that environment, get used to it a little bit quicker and mentally have a better preparation process than they would if they just went for the deadline. So to me, any competitive edge is valuable, especially given what we're dealing with right now. So if the Raptors are one of those handful of teams that are allowed to go early, that's great. And then we could have some sort of sports coverage underway. We can talk about like how they're preparing. Like All this opens up a wide variety of opportunities. Um, and again, if done right and done responsibly and everybody is doing what they're supposed to do, I think this is fine. I think you can't go wrong with this. So hopefully that happens again, playoff plus, I think that's, what's going to go down regular season. No. So if I'm, if I'm to tier them, I'd rather go right into the playoffs, mitigate the risk entirely. That's my number one choice. But if they're not going to do that, my second choice would be playoff plus. My least favorite option here is resuming the regular season. Don't even... Some teams just don't care. Like, what do we... Why do the Knicks need to play? Like, what what are they playing for? The, nothing. What are the Cavs playing for at this point? Nothing. What are the, the... The Golden State Warriors have already been eliminated. Why are they playing? They don't need to play. Minnesota Timberwolves. Why do you need to play? You don't. Hawks. Besides Vince Carter... Why do you need to play? You're not playing for anything. Detroit, you're not playing for anything. Like these teams that are obviously out of contention shouldn't be playing. That's why I'm more leaning towards if nothing else, playoff plus, fine. Mitigate the risk. So uh yeah, that that's just how it affects your Toronto Raptors, and that's the format they're dealing with. So uh I like it. I don't mind it. I think it's I think it's well thought out. I think this is where they're trending. And again, any of this could change. But uh, this is good news. This is good news if you're a sports fan, especially if you're an NBA fan of whatever team. Obviously, if you're listening to this, you're a Raptors fan. But this is good news. So uh, I'm going to take my final break. We'll do a quick wrap-up of this, quick recap of what we've discussed today. Don't go anywhere. We will be right back. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. All right, let's put a bow on this. I, I Like I said, I wanted to get a recording out there because this has been sort of breaking news throughout the day. It's really hard to parcel through it and to get a, you know legitimate understanding at least for me as to how the nba is going to go through this has been so many tweets and and blurbs from both shams and Woj. so i thought this might be helpful so to recap disney in florida disney world seems to be the place where this is going down 
Okay, they seemingly won the bid. Vegas is out of the question. It's going to be all teams involved in Disney in the ESPN wide world of sports complex, a huge campus that can house that has available to them 24,000 hotel rooms, and they're going to isolate individuals. They're going to isolate the players, the coaching staff, the medical staff, the television crew, what have you. They're going to isolate everybody into one bubble and keep their fingers crossed that no one breaks protocol. Um, the testing involved, they're hoping to have daily testing and group testing. So they're hoping to have groups of individuals being able to test at once, which would reduce the number of tests that they would need to be taken and to not have that to be sacrificed for those that are working in the front lines. I think that's very responsible of the NBA and Adam Silver in general. The reason why they want to uh, resume the season or whatever is because Television revenue is a thing. NBA salary cap is a big deal. We all know what happened in the beginning of the preseason or in this, right before the season started with the whole like international incident. I don't want to really get into it, but uh, that had cost ramifications. This would be kind of even more severe. So we're talking about $900 million in television revenue if they don't resume basketball in some way. They would seemingly be doing this sometime in July. Um, with some sort of preseason or training camp or what have you taking place in June to prepare all parties involved. So July is the month that we are looking at when it comes to the return of the NBA season if this is to go down. There's overwhelming support when it comes to ownership and the players that make this happen. So if done right and everything's lined out all neat, nice in a bow, I have no reason to think that this won't happen. Um in terms of how this is going to affect the Toronto Raptors right now, they're limited in their capacity in terms of those that are able to be at the OVO training center at the moment. They're maximizing it at one player at a time. If they're able to go to Florida onto this campus, the ESPN campus early, that would be advantageous for them. And I, I don't assume that the NBA would not allow this. It would allow the Raptors to sort of train as a team earlier without these sort of restrictions and get comfortable and get into their element a little bit quicker than the other teams involved. Um, the structure that we're talking about is either resuming the regular season, which is my least favorite option, uh, going straight to the playoffs, which is my favorite option, as is all eighteen, all 16 teams, 8 and 8, that are seeded right now would go right into the playoffs. That's my favorite option, but the... Um, The compromise is the playoff plus model, which would allow a couple of extra teams to sort of compete for a playoff opportunity, and then they go right into the playoffs as is. Um, I don't know what that would mean for those that have already clinched the playoff spot, like the Toronto Raptors. Maybe they don't play at all, or maybe they just go through some practice games. I don't know. Uh, But this is beneficial. I think that it's kind of like a wild card scenario, so we'll see. But the bottom line is... As of today, it looks like more than ever, the NBA is coming back in July. If you guys had any doubts, I certainly did. It seems overwhelmingly probable (laughs) that the NBA season will resume. So you don't have too long to wait when it comes to live NBA games. Let's just get through this next month and a half and uh, we'll see. We'll see what they they do. Again, my biggest concern is test players, make sure they're safe, make sure the families are safe, make sure the training staff, coaching staff, everybody involved is safe, but don't take testing away 
from those that we rely on, those frontline workers. Don't do it because then we have a problem. And I think Adam Silver is very PR-minded. He knows that that would be a terrible look. Again, this isn't the NFL. The NFL doesn't give a shit. The NBA does more than the NFL. So I think the I's just need to be dotted and the T's needs to be crossed, and we're heading for it. So keep those fingers crossed. Hold on to your butts. And we'll get this going. All right. So that's going to do it for today. Thank you for listening. As I mentioned, if you're listening to this for the first time, thank you for joining us. Um, subscribe if you enjoyed what you hear. Interact with me on Twitter. Hit me up at South of the Six. Talk to me about what you think of this possible playoff plus scenario if they go with it. What option of the three do you prefer? Where would you like to see this go? And do you think that they should resume the season in general? Do you assume that, do you rather think that this is a good option? Do you trust that the NBA players are going to adhere to the protocols? Do you trust that they're going to adhere to the bubble model? Uh, I have no choice but to, and I hope that they do. But what do you think? Hit me up on Twitter, at South of the Six. That's S-O-U-T-H-O-F-T-H, the number six and the letters I-X. Hit me up. Tell me what you think, and uh, we'll get a conversation going. Uh, You can find me also on Instagram, South of the Six facebook not really active there but if you use the facebook you can go there facebook.com slash south to the six and you can email me south to the six at gmail.com they're all spelled the same way the number six and the letters ix hit me up tell me what you think about this format tell me what you think about the possibilities and uh we'll have a nice dialogue but until next week hopefully i have a guest next week so we can break this down a little bit more there's a little bit more clarity as to where the nba is going we'll talk about it hang in there see you next time peace Thank you for listening to the South of the Six podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at South of the Six and subscribe to our show. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify. Yeah, we're everywhere. While you're at it, if you liked what you heard, do us a solid and leave us five stars and a quick review. We appreciate it. Thanks again. Go Raptors.